Well, here we go, uh, Bruce. Hey, Tones. Are you there? Yeah. Bruce McDonald, director <clears throat> of Pontypool. Tony Burgess, screenwriter, actor. Actor? Yeah. Songwriter. Songwriter. I guess people have seen the movie and they're watching it again. Is that the idea? That's the very idea right yeah. there. And they're sitting there going, well, I wonder what they got to say. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> not much. <laughs> well, I thought we would... Uh, Instead of going through this, we could we could uh, be in a script meeting here. We've got our treatments here for Pontypool 2, which is called Pontypool Changes, and we've got Pontypool 3, which is Pontypool Changes Everything. Correct. Yeah. You know, you see this thing right here, this uh, wavering voice thing? Yeah. Was that synchronized up to his voice? Yeah. It was? Yeah, I think so. And then they kind of, you know, did a little extra... But it kind of bounces to his voice, I think. Is it? Okay. We should have that for our commentary track, don't you Because well, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking it's bouncing to my voice right now. <coughs> That'd be good. Jeff, you could arrange that. <laughs> no, we're out of money. So we're yeah. out of money. Jeffrey, our producer, is uh, sitting over there. So yeah, yeah. Feel free to chime in anytime. So anyway, let's just get it to, <coughs> it to work. This is done. Pontypool 2 is done. No, Pontypool 1 is done. Pontypool 1 is done. Yeah. Do you like it? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. You know? What do you mean it's pretty good? It's pretty great. <laughs> I think so. I think it's pretty, yeah. It's, you know, for what it, uh, as what it serves as our introduction, really. This is our secret agenda that we're revealing to yeah. the people right now, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, If anybody was hungry for, uh, oh, look at that typo. Typo. Yeah, tell us, tell us about that. What's the typo? Well, that was uh, uh, actually uh, a feature, when I, the, the name of the book, Pontypool Changes Everything, uh, uh, caught a glance of the word Pontypool driving through Pontypool on a sign, and I thought, oh, that's a, and I was actually taking a photograph for a book, uh, Elmas of Udli, and thought that was just like, just such a bizarre looking word, just looking word, you know yeah. what I mean, before I even said it in my head, and then uh, wrote it down and thought I would uh, use it, and then saw then at the time, typo in there. Was right inside the word. Was right inside the word, yeah. and that was kind of one of the triggers to the, to the whole book. And then when we uh, were sitting down trying to figure out how to do that, remember, uh, it ca all came back to me that it was typo was part of that. Yeah, I was kind of, I was quite delighted when you showed that to me on the, on the paper. Yeah, yeah, and that was like it was the fourth day of shooting. I was driving yeah. back from, and I went, oh yeah, shit, that would be good for you know, <laughs> typo, typo. I don't know whose idea that was. <laughs> and uh, well, I could ask you some questions, I suppose, right? Yeah, you do that. Right? Before we get into our work here, yeah, yeah, for the the, the next. Uh, so you're, uh, gosh, how would we describe this? I remember when uh, this movie was going to be one shot. Yeah, that's right. Right? Well, uh, yeah. I, you know, it's ridiculous. But I think that you, you want to start from a ridiculous place. Me, anyway, that's what yeah. I like to do. You know, you start from, like, an enormous set of restrictions that are just, uh, you know, impossible to deal with. And if you can make that succeed, then... It's only a matter of how big do you want to make it for that experience to be satisfying. You know what I mean? Like, how big is the frame going to go right. until so that you can actually have an audience? But for the point of view of sort of writing it, it's like, okay, the challenge is got to make everything work. A siege, the end of the world, enormous, you know, uh, countries involved and, and, and levels of media, and, blah, 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 and have it all work in a six-by-six-inch space. So you can do that as, as just from a writing perspective. And make it sort of have all of those rhythms and paces and 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 uh, and, and action it has been action film in a six-inch space. You can do that, then 
you know, this, the cinematographer and the director, whoever, and the actors can figure out how, how much bigger do you have to go before an audience buys it. Right. And don't go bigger. Right. Because you're going to lose that kind of the tight knots of the original principle, right? Is that what happens when you go bigger, you think? Or, or? Yeah, if you, go too, if you go bigger than the knots that you tied in the, in the original conception, then, then it's going to look like, oh, okay, so we're going out here because we got a little bit of, we got a little bag of tricks and we've got to use them. Or something, you know what I mean? And, and, and then you're not, because remember we had like, and Miroslav was so on board with the idea of. And Miroslav's so was, our and, cinematographer. Cinematography, yeah. and Jeremy too, the editor. And, and, and you and me, we were all sort of like guard dogs for the perimeter of the film, right? No, we don't step over there. No, don't step over there. Right. And then yeah. there was arguments, right? Well, do we have a shot outside, the shot of the uh, loudspeaker? Even this stuff, of, you know, him coming in, like, is that too much? Right. There was arguments about that. I remember Jeremy was like the most militaristic about that that you could not don't go outside correct and yeah. don't you know don't suggest that it's happening even the idea that the zombies walk in or not zombies <clears throat> right whatever right. you call them conversationalists yeah, yeah. <laughs> was was an argument that uh, was constantly had by the sort of border guards of the film right do you feel having uh, Grant Manasey in the car at the beginning is that sort of breaking the rule too much or is no it... I'm, I'm not because I, I, I had the luxury of sort of like early on establishing and with you compromising those rules because I mean that was the sort of question from the beginning right compromising them establishing them well how do we compromise them so we were always listening right to okay so this and that and this and that and originally if you remember we had we had scripts and versions where we we were back at his house his apartment or right. we were out here we right. did all this we stuff how are you know once you, your arms start going out there you know is it is it too much to keep the the heart of the thing full of blood and so we pull back now, I, I don't I, I think that because of the way that and I think Miroslav was smart in doing it the way that that car looks mm -hmm. it completely looks kind of surreal surreal like it looks very dreamlike and kind yeah. of almost two-dimensional almost like you're not in a car yeah almost like you're actually you can actually feel that car just sitting on a lot somewhere being shot with a snow machine yeah you know what I mean which is uh, was very nice it had a nice sort of artificiality that's like an old 40s movie or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, back to the box, too. I remember the first uh, visual conception of the film was not even, well, you, you talked about a frame, but I remember when we recorded you, it's another version of the script, but we recorded you reading the script, and we had the, oh, yeah. and we were going to make the uh, <laughs> the visual just be what you see at the beginning of this film, which That's is right. the voice pattern. The right? voice pattern. And that was going to be the movie. That was going to be it. Yeah. yeah, in fact, that was, yeah, we were quite serious about that for a day and a half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we recorded it, too, right? Yeah, 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 we absolutely did. So then we, I guess we go from that to then the one shot of, of Grant Mazzy in the booth, which, you know, conceptually kind of been pretty interesting. Where you just hear the voices of uh, Laurel Ann Drummond and uh, Sidney Bryan. That's right. You were, we were just going to have uh, Laurel Ann Drummond was a character we heard about, and Sidney Bryan was going to be a character we heard and right. Grant Massey's face was going to be the, the battlefield right. for everything. Which, you know, then we, we just sort of pulled the frame out a little bit so, so that it's watchable. And Miroslav does this great stuff with this, these shots here, just keeping it as a kind of slow-moving dance. Because we also talked about that too, right? That we wanted a kind of classical look, to, you know, as opposed to handheldy jerky, right. you know, as soon as you see a film, and there's so many of them now, they're sort of shot on 
digital or whatever. And they're just sort of like, they just go effects nuts for like, just in the kind of editing right. and cutting. Right. It's like, so well, why do we have to see, you know, because somebody's going up the stairs. <laughs> well, it creates a kind of a sense of excitement, I suppose, or maybe it's a false excitement. It's a false excitement, and it's a false, you know, you already, you've already seen these in a thousand other films, so you know that they're doing it only because they can. Right. You know, or it's that seven dirty lo-fi feel that's a broken DVD, or broken digital machinery that's recording it. It's Brian Eno's uh, keyboard thrown down the stairs, right? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So but Pawnee two and three. Yeah. Because we're, we're going to make them for a hundred to two hundred million dollars. Yeah. I was, what? Yeah. This Jeff's laughing back there, but he doesn't know. Be a hundred. He doesn't two know. And a hundred for three, right? So that's two hundred. So yeah. But uh, they and we were talking about this on the way over here. Was, you don't know how bloodthirsty, splatter hungry we really are. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to see people watch this and they think we're restrained. We're restrained, uh, uh, little bookish boys. Yeah, no, <laughs> I want to see freaking heads coming off, and I want to see guts. You know, the 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 number two and three are uh, distasteful. Yeah, they are whereas this is quite restrained. They're yeah. distasteful and perverse. Yeah. Where, you know, we and we had that problem. That was part of our problem for like years, right? Trying to get because people were so grossed out. Like, ah, you can't do this. This is too horrifying. Right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think this film is? It is it going to serve that function of as, as the entree to the the real the real project? Well, yeah, because I, I hope you know. Uh, I think uh, uh, that. There is a lot of questions that are still lingering at the end of this, and people are wondering, well, how did, you know, what is, you know, and which is what we said, right? The first film is going to be, well, what's going on, right? And we're not necessarily going to answer that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But the, the second one is, uh, this is what's going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that's, that's a natural. Right. Who doesn't want to know that? Yeah. Probably a lot of people, but, you know. And what's the, what, and the third one? Uh... Holy shit, now what are we going to do? I can't remember. Yeah. No, it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be bad. Holy shit, now we're... Okay, so yeah, first what, one is uh, what's going on. Is, Second well, one is well, what's, what's, what's happening. This, oh, is, no, this, this is, is what's happening. This is what's happening. And, and it takes place simultaneous to this. So I don't mm-hmm. know what you call it. A, it's not a prequel or a... It's an equal. It's an equal. Yeah. That's good. It's an yeah, equal. Yeah, yeah. So it happens simultaneous. So you actually hear this radio. This radio broadcast is actually... You know, where, it's, where in... Um, uh, uh, a Night of the Living Dead or whatever, you've got this stuff in the background. Yeah. We've had reports of people actually cannibalizing their, but coming back to life. And you've got that. That's a real feature of a right. Romero film or, you know, a classical right. zombie film. So this and is so basically this is the in TV. The, we're in the TV here yeah. or in the radio. Yeah. And the, number two is people listening to that. You know what I mean? It's, it's the town who's got that playing in the background. Right, and they're, they're experiencing the, the visceral... Kapow of uh, yeah, yeah, what's going yeah. on, right? Yeah, and we've, well, we, we've got some tricks up our sleeves, right? Yeah. About how we play that out. It's, yeah. not, it's not that, you know, if people are wondering whether we're going to go... We, we, we don't have the same six-inch box restriction. Right. We don't. Because when, 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 when uh, you know, we announced we were making Pontypool 2, people assume it's uh, in the radio station. It's the same movie, but uh, different day or something, probably, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you, you, number two and number three were actually conceived before this one, so they have uh, you know they have their own they're their own animals. Uh, you know, you worry about the kind of follow up 
a syndrome that some films have, like Blair Witch. Did you ever see Blair Witch 2? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what the deal was. Is they got more being a little lost? bit more money. More so, being lost in the woods or just like... No, uh, it was being, it was running around in a barn or something. Uh, now it was in color, and uh, they had explosions and stuff. But oh my gosh, it was, you know. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, there, there's a there's a huge difference between Ponty One's uh, sort of veritables and Ponty Two's right uh, thing. Ponty Two is a uh, it's a kind of uh, Postman Always Rings Twice with a little bit of. Uh, well, and then we've got that great oh that great scene at the end. Anyway. With the, you know, the oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> okay. I came up with a great line for that. I just recently just sort of sitting around cooking around with it, and it's just so boneheaded. So with less in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so let's just let's just do a little recap to sort of let people know where where it's been. This this is, uh, as most people know, I think based on your book, Pontiac yeah. Changes Everything. Right? Yeah. And. Uh, uh, you, the book was just released again, so uh, you, yep. got, you, got, you told me some great quote you got the other day from the, about the book. Oh, no. Well, you know, you get good reviews, you get yeah. whatever, but yeah, no, somebody, yeah, some people like the book. You know, it's one of those things where some people really like, <laughs> really similar to the film probably, where, pe you know, some people, because it's, uh, uh, I, you know, you want to word, use a word like unique or it's its, it's, its own, it's, it's on its own terms, right. so you know, doesn't easily sort of fit up into, right? Fit up into whatever else is out there, right? <laughs> so it's got it's going to meet resistance, and there's going to be people who are downright not going to like it for a bunch of reasons. But there are going to be those people which always, who are like just think they've discovered the greatest thing in the world, which is the way I, I've always. Now you had an interesting culture, and you had interesting, uh, very quite inspiring uh, afterward in your book when when the book was republished. Uh, you talked about the writing of the book, and maybe could you just talk about that, about about the act of writing that book? Remember that line you were saying? Yeah, no, like don't, writing don't. that book was like an excuse. Oh, it was it was holding that? a place in case I ever did actually write a book. So it was, uh, you know, I, I figured I needed about 200 pages, so I would have to fill those 200 pages to hold a place in case I ever write a book. And uh, I still do that actually, which is, you know, instead of the book. You think people expect you to write? You write this other thing right. that that holds that holds the space in the world, and keeps it keeps it uh, safe or guarded right. by a, a series of uh, words you stuck in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so once you throw that expectation off of what a book is supposed to be, that must give you a lot of well, then liberty. You're, yeah, then freedom, you're right? you know then you're you you uh, you're quite comfortable f f falling flat on your face because uh, you don't you don't actually ha expect it to be witnessed <laughs> which you know and, I, and that to me has always been a kind of thing that I I, I, I always do that just you don't I don't uh, I'm not crazy this may sound sort of weird but I'm not crazy about having people actually read the book right because that's not what it was for <laughs> <laughs> and some people really complain what the hell this is not a book this is a you know it's a bit of a roller coaster really yeah with uh, and, and uh do you read the book yourself no. when you finish reading or uh, writing it? Uh, sections of it, right. and, and well, yeah, you, you do, you know, whatever revision work you're going to do, and uh, that would I wrote that book very, very quickly. Yeah. In fact, it was you know uh, uh, I just published uh, or had uh, got a contract for the first book, which was Hellmouth's Beauty, and and they said, well, let's make it a two book deal. 
you know, and I said, well, oh, okay, when do I have to write another <laughs> book, right? And I said, can you write it by the spring? And it was, this was late winter. And I'm like, uh, sure, I can do that. And then uh, that was when we were driving back from Butley, and my wife Rachel and I, we, were, we looked up and saw the sign Pontypool, and I said, all right, write Pontypool, Pontypool will be the next book. And we got home and went, wrote it very quickly. One of those things that you do quickly, and, and uh, you look back and you go, huh, I'm going to do that again, and you can't, or you can't replicate whatever it is that made you do the thing you did and how you did it. You, know, you can't redo it. But yeah, I, you know, and there is, I, uh, and how you know, in a quick, uh, what was, what, what are some of the, see chunks in the book or whatever? Because the book is, you call it, and sometimes you call it uh, an autobiography of a zombie, or an autobiography of a of a of a of a world that is populated by zombies, and an autobiographical on some level, right? For myself personally, because it does break down into. Uh, autobiographical patch in the middle that is right. supposed to cure the rest of the book of its problems. Right. Because it's, it, you know, it's so hell-bent on making shit up for better or worse. <clears throat> and then it becomes this kind of hard autobiographical right. right at the center to kind of chase down where it was that this problem I was having that was forcing me to write like this, where was it originally? And it was originally... Uh, you know, a teenager living on the streets in uh, East Van and uh, becoming very disconnected from nobody knowing where I was and, and really just sort of a wandering person down there. And that's where I found, you know, the source of it. And it was a period of my life when I was profoundly unable to communicate. Just in a real fundamental way, unable to talk to people. And, I'm, you know, and it just felt... That there was this, which made me wonder, where is where is the where where am I in a very you know, primitive way? So you were channeling your own uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. state at the time and yeah. zombie movies yeah, yeah. And, and, and French semiotics uh, that you well, studied in, 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 in university. Yeah, that sort of stuff came later, but, but mostly you know uh, it's you know people referring to this film often talk about the kind of semiotic material in it, and yeah, there's some stuff in there that's constructed based on sort of some of its very fundamental semiotics, and some of it maybe maybe more sophisticated, maybe not, maybe foolish, but, <coughs> or they talk about uh, Laurie Anderson and uh, William Burroughs, which absolutely wasn't on my mind. Yeah. At all. Yeah. You know, I, aware of it, but uh, the, the, that's a completely different yeah, construct. That's language is a virus that comes from outer space, or, you know, these are completely <coughs> different. You hear, I guess when people hear the word language and virus somewhere in the same paragraph, they assume that that's what you're talking about, but wasn't. The thing that was mostly informing me at the time, at the time, I really just wanted to have a f freaking B-movie. Yeah, in a book. Yeah, <laughs> that was just felt like that. Ex that explained my world to me. Right, which is quite a rare thing for the Camlet. Uh, I guess. Yeah. In a novel. Yeah. Which, okay. So that sort of catches us up. I, you know, to want to get to sort of Pontypool two and three for the <clears throat> people that are actually sitting and listening to this. Um, so, so the book came out, and your 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 awesome editor, Michael Holmes, kind of turned me on to the to to bo the book and you for, and to you. And he said, yeah, yeah, let's write a movie. So we started working on an adaptation of the book. Now, the book, yeah. for the people that uh, don't know it, is a kind of, uh, I guess, the you know, it's kind of a collage in a certain sort of it's way. It's a kind of yeah. collage -y. There's like a, 
in one way you could look at it as almost separate short stories, but it's all connected. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Maybe yeah, not formally yeah, con yeah. disconnected. Yeah, or it's more like well, I think of it as more like wandering around <clears throat> in a kind of an amusement park and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. walking into different environments. Yeah, but, but clearly it wasn't the easiest book to adapt to. It wasn't one no. quick story yeah. to kind of go. Oh, there yeah. we go. There's yeah. the, you know, it's The Shining or it's the yeah, yeah. you know, it's yeah. classic. Yeah. <clears throat> so and it was your first screenplay, and and so we set out to work and and worked for a long time uh, finding it and went through lots of people and. Eventually, to make a long story short, we uh, got the opportunity to make a radio play. Yeah. And we sh so we ended up shooting this movie that you're, you've just watched or are sort of watching, parallel to us talking, watching Bonnie Pool One. It just said "wanna hump on air." Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we should remind people that we are. The movie is playing. Some girl, the, the actresses are watching. Oh, I'm gonna tell you. Uh, there's something about this. This just real quick, interesting. The uh, uh, Lorelai Andromeda, Georgie Riley. She had like a not an easy job. And remember, we were sort of designing the way the zombies fall apart, or the way right. they, you know, which everybody gets all hung up on, right? When these kinds of things, because there needs to be a set of rules, there need to be a phases that are identifiable and repeatable, and reliable so that you know when something is scary or not, you know what I mean? So mm. uh, people are obsessed with that. Little do they know that once you certify that, people groan. I mean, people are going to groan anyway. But, well, once but, you explain once it. You expla once, you once you explain it, uh, uh, you know. Because nothing uh, really makes any sense anyway. Right? No, and, and, and a virus a virus is notoriously inconsistent in how it behaves or how it's contracted or what's the like, you know what I mean? So right. we're truer to the nature of a virus in that it has these inconsistencies and has these, you know, why does Grant not get it when he, you know, right. well, does it, you know, why doesn't everybody in the world have some line flu? Is your next question, right? <laughs> they don't. Well, this was, part of the, this was part of the challenge when we were uh, writing and trying to sell the, the, the first adaptation was because people expected zombie rules from, you know, the zombie genre, or yeah. they expected certain yeah. rules of how you know, things <laughs> yeah. would go. Well, we were, we talked about, we wanted to stop before all of that stuff got explained, got explained and make it impossible to know. Right. You know, and then later it shifts and becomes this other creature towards the end. Right. But uh, Georgie here, uh, Georgina Riley, uh, her big problem was she had to, she came, she came chasing at me like, ah, she had a, a acting coach helping her out with it. She's just, okay, so there's this babbling that she does, right? Yeah. Well, what do you do? Do you just babble? Remember we had the, yeah. the people doing the, um, their uh, auditions, and it was like, well, what do you do when you've got a paragraph of nonsense? You know, yeah. just, you know, do you, do you spit, do you sweat, do you mumble, what do you do? And no, you know, uh, you... With, especially in the case of Georgia, she was great about this and very smart about it. She wanted to know what it meant yeah. to the character, and, yeah. which is absolutely the right question because she had to say, there was sort of three places she had to be. One was the thing she meant to say. Yeah. One was the thing she actually said. And the third was the way she reacts to the right. things she said, right. trying to correct it. And so we, I wrote for her, like in her, is Mazzy missing, la 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 all that stuff. I wrote her a second set of dialogue that was what she was actually trying to say. So she had to say the missing, missing Mazzy as if uh, uh, she was saying something else. And then by the end of it, realized she couldn't say what she originally had to say. And it better stop. So that great hand clap. Right, which is nice because it's emotional. And she's conscious of the she, fact that yeah. she's got something's wrong. Something yeah. is... is uh, so... 
there's not this sort of switch on of like now I'm a monster and I'm just I'm battling yeah, yeah, and go yeah. Freakazoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's just awful. <clears throat> Save that for later. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like these uh, creatures because they are quite emotional. I think that's yeah. one of the attractive things that we we just touch on a little bit in this film. Yeah, through much uh, more of Regina's it in character. Pony two, right? Pony two and Pony three. The I mean, we had meetings with some of the extras. There's a lot, but you know, some scenes that were kind of cut down or cut out in this movie, where we see a lot more of the conversationalists. But I, you know, <clears throat> maybe you can kind of go over the rules uh, for, uh, say, we were in a meeting with the extras. What would you What would you say to them in terms of how to be a <coughs> cool zombie or AKA conversationalist? Well, uh, it depends. I mean, there was a, like a, there's there's the I, there's the Georgina one, which is the onset of the disease, right. which is the first like when she mentions the Afghanistan line and that kind of thing, where it's that moment when you say or say something that's kind of inappropriate and something you can't really explain to the person you're talking to what you meant. Mm -hmm. So it's just this kind of awkwardness that is pretty commonly experienced thing, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, everybody's gone through it where you've said something, it's fallen out of your mouth, and it's just been the most ridiculous thing, and you're not sure why you said it, and it's, it's just because you're nervous or because of some pressure, blah, blah, blah. So it's, that comes out of that kind of common experience, and then becomes uh, the real inability to return to speaking, and, and the compulsion to talk your way back there, mm -hmm. to, to try and find the way, and you're looking for... What you're really trying to do is explain to that person that you're trying to talk, mm -hmm. which is like destroyed phatic communication. It's it's it, it, once you have to tell somebody that you're trying to talk, you know you've you, you've you've uh, destabilized all the sort of normal phatic connections. Yeah, and 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 that becomes more aggressive and more aggressive and more aggressive as the disease comes on, and then uh, you have uh, the you know the experience of rage that comes out of that, and panic and fear. And then as, as more of the person's personality sort of seizes up, uh, and these are all kind of immune system attempts yeah. to save the brain or whatever, you know what I mean? By shutting things down mm -hmm. and by closing off certain areas that are malfunctioning. So the, and then the person becomes no longer sort of real in the way that you think of it. Their personality is just this kind of like very primitive, Part of them that's trying to live, and it and it's also living on misunder like there's all kinds of mis primal misunderstandings. One of the final misunderstandings is that this this the final act of communication or of desperate flight is to dive into a, an unaffect an un, uh, a, a, a well person's mouth mm -hmm. and enter them that way, and it it it, it but it happens literally, so they literally rip into the throat and upper body of a person. Are we going to see that in Pony Pool too? Oh, I'm afraid so. <laughs> I think that's going to happen. <clears throat> and then they, they are suicided in the choking and drowning on the blood in the upper torso of the person they just killed. Oh, just for, uh, there's Tony. Oh, no, jeez. Oh, he's, uh, he's our oh, dear. Lawrence oh, of Arabia. Oh, dear. So just yeah. thought I'd point that out. Yeah, yeah. Rex, anyway. Rex Reed didn't like that. Noah? No, he didn't like that. He didn't like that at all. Because no. he, he probably... Uh... It was no Judy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's Have the fabulous... Judy at Carnegie Hall. There's the fabulous... And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the funny thing is, uh, uh, in Turkey, yeah. this played to enormous laughs, Right. apparently. Yeah. 
the Turkish translator told me this that, that because of the lines of, of the thing at the bottom, I think <laughs> that sort of like missed. It just looked as this, this kind of goofy sc Scooby Doo musical interlude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which it probably is. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's good. I'm glad the Turks are, are embracing Pontypool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I had actually had somebody from some magazine in Canada go, "Whoa, buddy, that's you know, just you're crossing the line there, man, with the." Osama bin Laden, and uh, I mean, they got blackface on, don't they? <laughs> you know, it's none of it's good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, apparently, that played very, very well in Turkey. Yeah. As, as you know, biting stuff. Right? <laughs> anyway. Good. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so Pony, we're approaching Pawnee Pool too. Um, uh, so those are kind of the so they have the emotional uh, conversationalists who are kind of a little different than the foot dragon you know zombies. They should be, them, yes. Right? They they're should emotional, be. more emotional, and they're kind of uh, they 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 can be uh, enraged. They can be uh, uh, whimpering. They can be uh, right up to the last minute. All they're trying to do is tell you is 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 they're screaming for help. Yeah, help me. Yeah, you know that's and they're they're an emotional, an emotional place. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good. So yeah, it's kind of a slightly, you know, new twist on the zombies. That's your job, right? When you're when you're writing a zombie movie, we've been like dancing around this forever. It's time to fess up, pal. Freaking zombie movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're always gonna make a zombie movie. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're cousins of zombies, I guess. Cousins right? of zombies. We, we, but you know what? They're all cousins now. Right. Right. They're all cousins now. Right. Twenty-eight days later, that's a cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jennifer Aniston movie, kind of like a zombie movie. Zombie bit. Stripper is the closest thing to. Uh, is that a movie? Yeah, with Jennifer Jen, Jen, uh, Jameson, porn star. Zombie Stripper. Zombie Stripper. Huh. Are you writing it down? <laughs> um, okay, so uh, here we go into, into into Pontypool Pool Two. I thought you know we could have this little script meeting. So I we have to get into the whole radio playing stuff on this, right? What's that? We don't have to get into the whole radio play on this, no. on the uh, Pony Pool one. No, okay. No, no, no just to huh? kind of explain how it came. Anyway, yeah, yeah. let's jump into 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 two. So, uh, I've got the two treatments here. They're looking great, Tony. And uh, I know that the second is pretty much written and the third is, is a treatment for those people that don't know the, the lingo. Treatment is like a 25-page sort of short story of the movie, yeah. right, written out in prose. Yeah. So this is what we've got here and it used to be one script and we've split it into two yeah I think that's good so we have the little trilogy right yeah Which well people used to complain that the, the party two was two, two, two films too much right two films yeah, yeah. Right? because it does that big jump shift in the right yeah. the, in the middle or the, the end middle. yeah so uh, maybe I'll just sort of set it up and we can talk about it a little bit I got a yeah. couple of questions for you uh -oh. so as uh, Tony was saying it it is an equal, I guess, not a sequel or a prequel. It, it occurs on the same day as this uh, yeah. Grant Mazzy and the radio station, but we're out in the town and we're with the character. Our main character in Pontypool 2 is not Grant Mazzy and Sidney Breyer and Georgina. They're kind of background. We hear them on the radio, which is kind of cool, right? Maybe we'd see Grant in a diner or just yeah, yeah. getting and a hamburger crossing through, but not, yes. not a main yes. player, right? Yes. Yeah, some of these characters, the Pontypool players, of course, will be featured quite largely, stomping through the snow on their way to the radio station. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. You got, a, you got another. So paycheck. I got another. I got another paycheck. Yeah. So our main character is a character, Les Reardon, who has been, uh, uh, who has left the city and come up to house at a farm in, at the edge of Pontypool. Yeah. For the winter, he's kind of had a hard 
time of it, and he's there to sort of to recover, right? He's had some NA or AA kind of uh, thing going. Bad experience, yeah. Bad experience with NA. Right. And so, yeah, so his, uh, somebody that he's met there uh, who lives in, in, in a, at the edge of Pontypool, well, Mary, uh, what are we calling her, Roseland? Mary Roseland, yeah. Mary Roseland, yeah. Mary Roseland uh, makes the call, invites him up. So as yeah. the movie begins, he's... Uh, it's his first morning there, and the family is leaving, and he says goodbye. The Clutters. The Clutter family. Clutter which, family. Uh, Uh-oh. It's a nice little reference, Some people to... aren't. Well, the other funny reference in there is Bob Roseland. Right. Bob Roseland was uh, Ted Bundy's, uh, uh, when he was uh, pretended to be a cop. Okay. He called himself Constable Bob Roseland. <laughs> not a, and this not is a, our character. He's a main character in Pontypool, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bob oh, Roseland. Yeah. Bob Roseland, yeah. And so the Roselands live across the street. Bob Roseland, the, the Ontario Provincial Police Officer, and his uh, lovely wife, Mary, and their two kids, Julie and Jimmy. That's right. Right? And uh, Mary kind of has the hots for less a little bit. It's a little bit of postman always rings twice. A little cougarish kind of thing. Right? A cougarish. Well, it depends who plays less and who plays Mary. That's right. But, you a, know, it, it could play as a cougarish thing, or it could be as a postman rings twice type of thing. Right. Right. It always yeah. depends on, you know, who's going to play. At one point, Les Reardon, we thought, maybe as a, a woman, but I think we're back. We're back. It's not Leslie anymore. No. It's Les. Yeah. No. So, uh, so as the day begins, he's trying to just keep it together in his, uh, in his farmhouse. It's winter. They have a little postman always rings twice action. Yeah, 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 Where, right. which, which throw, throws him quite... Uh, she's sort of like, would be like his sponsor who, right. who got in this gig. Right. Uh, to get him out of the city, the uh, what they call the geographical cure, to get him out of the city, away from bad influences and his bad life, and blah blah blah. Yeah. But really, she doesn't realize this until she gets him up there, yeah. that he's one hot, desperate muffin sitting over there, and so she goes over for a bite. Yeah. One day, right? Yeah. And it freaks him out, and because he's sort of in a vulnerable, crazy place. Yeah. He, yeah. She. It's all hot and hot and yeah. crazy. And Bob, Bob the cop, is a little. Radar's up. He doesn't know for sure what's going on. But yeah, he doesn't like it. Doesn't like it. Doesn't like less, right? No. No, I mean, there, you very much have a kind of, too, a sense of like, okay, this the Clutter family is a much respected and, and well-known family, you know, that goes way back in Pontypool. Yeah. And who's this young, you know, this young kind of bad, badass-looking guy yeah. who's sitting there while Mary's come in and giving her stamp of approval. Well, really? You know? <laughs> Starts the talking, right? This is the, uh, the uh, oh, yeah, so rumor they, mill, right? Yeah, and they spend a bit of time in town, and uh, to the, uh, in the, na- the the townspeople are kind of aware of this little thing. There's a diner in the town, which comes to play a little later. Yeah. And uh, Bob pays a visit uh, one morning to Les. Find a scene. Let's read the scene. Oh, I like that scene. Let's read the scene? Okay. Do we have that here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. <coughs> Okay, yeah, so. Bob is Bob is playing the uh, Bob is at this point has been sort of just scouting out and and old uh, Les he's like all of a sudden he's in a farmhouse uh, he's fr- he's let the oh yeah the other really freaky thing is a Bob you know he wakes up Les wakes up at the at the clutter farm the day they're leaving so they leave him a list of to do things right like you know fix the screen door the tap, the, 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 it's going to be out there all winter, so here's a couple of things to do. And they're throwing the kids in the van, and Dougie Clutter leans over to Les Reardon and says, oh, you wouldn't mind getting, I don't want that dog here come spring. Les right. is like, what the fuck? He's, he's instructs him as a last, kind of an afterthought, that he's got to kill the family dog. 
Yeah, yeah. While they're away. Yeah. Something he does not want to do because yeah. he bonds very quickly with Ruth. I think it's Ruth, the dog. Ruth, the dog. And, uh, okay, so why don't I, I'll just read the little scene here, right? So, uh, Bob Roseland is in his cruiser moving slowly through the Oh, we street. don't have the scene. We just got the... Yeah, I don't have the action. I just got the prose. This is just the... Well, let's make it up. Let's make it up then. We do. We don't need that. Okay. You come in here, Bob Roseland. So, let's... He uh, hits the door. He hits the door. Boom! I'm trying to fix the door. I got some nails in my mouth. Boom! The door hits my mouth. And Shit, Les. You're, you're, you're bleeding. I got nails here, in my mouth. They just here. caught me in the cheek. Here, let me uh, let me put something on that here. Yeah, some water. Here's some water. Here's a drink of water. So okay, maybe. So uh, yeah, you seen any vagrants around here, Les? Oh, no, no, no vagrants. Oh, you can't talk because you got. Yeah, if I ran your name through, I wouldn't get any surprises. Oh, no, 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 fuck off. All right, well, you know. I just got some reports of some vagrant, some some naked guy standing in the woods. Uh, <laughs> this is not the exact dialogue. No, it's not, it's not getting my, it's not, anyway. So then, then he goes out after okay. this kind of like exchange between those two where he's, uh, he's uh, 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 teasing Les while he's standing there bleeding and, and then convinces him to go outside to shove snow in his mouth. Yeah. Right, so he's, he yeah. walks down the driveway. Ruth Les the dog got, is running around. Ruth the dog is running around. Les has got a mouthful of bloody snow drooling down his face, all yeah. this pasty, white, yeah. yucky, bloody stuff. And then Les walks down to the end of the driveway, and turns Bob, around. Or Bob, Bob walks around. He says, Les, let me help you out with this. And he takes his head out and blows, blows the dog. Blows the dog's head off. Yeah. And then Bob gives him a thumbs up. Thumbs up. And from that moment on, that's like the albatross, you know, getting shot. That's the moment where... Everything will spiral out of control. Yeah, and uh, very soon after that, they get a visit from the shirtless man. The shirtless man, bald guy who just... And this was the, one of the sort of interesting things we're playing with, is that because this goes back to the idea of the six-inch box, right? Which we're not abandoning. Right. Because it's still going to be about uh, claustrophobia and boredom and, and the kind of sexual, bizarre sexual energy that comes out of boredom and claustrophobia. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, it's a little some weird stuff. But, so the energy in it is pretty bizarre. And then, uh, what am I talking about? What's that, what's that? Oh, yeah. So the frame, you know, we talked about this. The frame, which is just... Of the shirtless man. Of the shirtless man. Well, Les has, at this point, we're leaping way ahead, but Les has burned the clutter house down. Right. Well, he got he, he got upset about the dog, and he started drinking again. And he started he, drinking uh, again. shot a bow and arrow at Bob Rosen's house. And, and in, his pit, in, in his fit of drunkenness <laughs> and craziness, he believes he's fallen in love with Mary. Across the street. Yeah. Across the street. Who I think we've changed her name to Helen. Yes, that's true. That's Helen true. Rosen. Helen yeah. Rosen. Yeah, yeah. And so he spray paints Helen's name on the side of the clutter house. And then he's laying in the snow, and he sees the spray paint, and he sticks a lighter to it, and he's, you know, he's covered in red paint and... And he accidentally or drunkenly uh, sets the veranda on fire. So, you know, a series of things happen, and Bob Rosen pulls up in his cruiser next day, the next day, and sees the clutter house is half burnt down with his wife's name spray painted across the front of it. And Les, with like, you know, Les is standing like trying to explain he can't. Yeah. So, so, uh, Bob Rosen's got his gun out. He's gonna arrest him. He's gonna right? arrest him or kill him. Yeah. And then uh, while they're sort of trying to sort this through, the frame is stable, and uh, we we pull back just a tiny little bit, and we see this guy with no shirt is actually just standing there staring at him. What? Who? 
<laughs> the deal with this guy. <clears throat> who eventually pulls off his head and throws it at the uh, cruiser. He what? He does that, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, then all hell breaks loose. I don't know. I don't know if we should do... We don't think like we should give away the farm, though. No, no, That's we won't take to a thing. But then, yeah, then all hell breaks loose. And it becomes quite, uh, quite rocking, right? Quite rocking. So they, the guy well, pulls I, his head off and throws it at them, and then they get a call. Helen is, is downtown. in trouble in downtown. Because Cyril, Cyril, the hardware store guy, has gone berserk in the town. Yeah, right? and there's lots, we have lots of sort of... I still like Killer's Kiss and Fuck. Kiss and Fuck. Right, that was his sort of thing. That anyway. was his thing, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and all the time people are listening to this broadcast, so we have, you know, Les is a bit of a fan of Grant Madsen. Right. Uh, from his old city city days, right? Right, right. Grant right. knows him from when. Right. I mean, Les knows him from yeah. when he was a DJ in the city. Yeah. And so he, this is one of his sort of voices he he connects with. Yeah. So it becomes uh, they rescue Helen downtown. Things are getting out of hand. The mail truck woman is uh, on the road. We say this quite casually because we've been working on this for many years. But uh, uh, and then it kind of just ramps up from there, pretty much. Right? Yeah, yeah. Then the things spiral out of control, and you've got scenes with uh, uh, the baby that don't speak French, don't speak French. Yeah, and the, then, the uh, guards, right? Yeah, the guards yeah. are worried about the baby passing it on, and uh, I still and miss. I still miss. I still baby. miss the scene where. They, uh, I guess it was the shirtless man's head. And they less sticks it on a stake, and later finds little Jimmy licking the, the entrails of the head. Yeah, that's not that's not in this script right now, no. 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 But later on, <laughs> in Ponty Three, there's all Ponty Three, which is a kind of S and M hotel, hotel Britannica, oh lucky man kind of freak right. show, right? Right. Which is perhaps the most kind of satirical. Yeah, of all three films. But and thinking that maybe uh, there's been a scene in it that has appeared in many oh, times. Jesus Christ! And we call it the, the Milky Tree scene, oh. which I think is a fantastic scene. Yeah, you do, eh? Yeah, I think it's great. I know you've been bugging me with this for like twelve freaking years. <laughs> well, you Bruce wrote, calls, you Bruce, wrote calls, it. Bruce calls me up every once in a while. He goes, "I need, I want, I want, I need something that's just going to be for the trailer. Maybe it's just something spectacular, some fucking just like visual thing with the." You know, from the shining with the blood in the elevator, something like that, something like that. So write me up ten or twelve of those. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh whatever. Mm -hmm. So I put a little Busby Berkeley dance scene down, a little this, a little that, right. a little who to who. And then Busby this, Berkeley may stay at Busby the Berkeley end, right? staying in, yes, Busby yeah. Berkeley's still in there. But then he uh, had this milky tree thing. Which I thought was just going to be like not even a thing, and then every time I fucking get, I send Bruce a script well, it's a, and it comes back, that's at the beginning of the <laughs> film again. <laughs> well, I think that it would be great to open Pawnee Three with the Milky Trees, right? Because uh, let me let me just tell the the scene so people can understand. And uh, so let's say two, you know, from the point we left on describing it, it kind of ramps up into quite a you know action blood. Thirsty, festy, fun, action what? thing. Pawnee too, right? Pawnee too, yeah. Yeah. So it winds up. Well, kind of, yeah. It yeah, kind yeah, of takes sure. it to that kind of. Oh, it's what would you say? It takes extraordinarily it. violent. Right. Extraordinarily violent. The yeah. last half an hour is un unbearably violent. <laughs> so, so we leave people uh, satisfied and satiated, I suppose. And there's a little bit of a, you know, people clearly we're gonna ideally shoot these two movies at the same time so yeah. there'll be a three whatever two does you know yeah. so three is a very different same character 
same character. So say three opens with our, our, our guy, Les. He's racing along a kind of a, uh, could be a windy mountain road in Tuscany, Tuscany in, a, in a convertible sports car. He's just racing along, and we haven't decided if there's somebody with him or not. I think there was at one point. I think Mary or somebody was with him. A bit of an Isadora Duncan kind of. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he's racing along, and it's very sp kind of spectacular and fast and it's a sense of danger and uh, intensity, and you're like, oh, that's our guy, Les, that we just left in the last bloodbath of a now he's in Tuscany third in act, right? Now yeah. he's in Tuscany in a, in a sports car. And as he, as he, as he uh, roars around the, the latest hairpin turn, there's a tree growing out of the middle of the road, and he has no time to stop. He breaks, but it, he smashes head on into the tree. And there's a kind of a, a tense moment of is he, is he dead? Is he, he's, you know, what's going on? And after a moment of silence, a, a big jet of milky fluid bursts out of the tree and, and sprays on the car. I mean, maybe yeah, perhaps yeah. arousing him from his uh, unconscious indeed. state. Yeah. And whether his passenger, we haven't decided if the pa he has a passenger or not, but he kind of stumbles from the, from the wreckage. And the, the gusher is still gushing out of this tree. Filling the car. Right, sort of filling the car. And he stumbles off, into the, off the highway or the two-lane highway into a, some kind of a forest. And the, 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 the trees in the forest all start exploding as well with the, uh, with the gushing white fluid. Yes. Right, like a kind yeah. of crisscrossing of, yeah. uh, imagine like, I guess it would be like very creamy white fluid. Oh, yeah. Like shot, shot, <laughs> shot from kind of firemen's hoses. Right. So it's kind of, you know, it's a great visual. Oh, it's stunning. Right? Yeah. And he's, <laughs> so he's kind of stumbling around, blood on his face, looking yeah. for and white, the white And the white goo is landing on his the face white goo. Yeah. <laughs> The white goo is rising from the ground, and yeah. he's so slowly he's being... Uh, oh, God, uh, it's uh, perilous. Yeah. Thing. He's up to his waist, and he's now, we see maybe from above, and uh -huh. less disappears, and then finally the treetops disappear into and they this just white, milky And sway fluid, under right? the... Yes, yes. Until, you know, yeah. we're just a kind of a sea of yeah. just white. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, uh, the problem has always been, which... But there's a good clearly, opening, you know? Okay. But, you know, cl but clearly the problem has always been with that is... What the fuck is that all about? Well, why is he in Tuskegee in a row? Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> well, then, okay, then, okay, huh? then you have the title of the movie. Pontypool changes everything. Sushi bar. And then, boom, he wakes up. He's a he's he's tied to a tree in a, in in northern Ontario. You know, he's 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 you know zombie springtime. So you yeah. know, who knows? Maybe that's what zombies think about. Maybe that's just nobody knows. Nobody knows what you're right. You yeah. got nobody knows what zombies think about. <laughs> so that could very well be that the. Uh, the uh, whiteout. It's kind of like paper whiteout, right? It's yeah, it's like that. Erasing the world. It's like the typo, the right? We've got yeah. the typo in yeah. one. We need the whiteout this for the third. third right? Erasing the world all yeah. over. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's great. Have we? But, uh, yeah. So you're not you're not convinced, are you? I, well, you know what? I uh, it's one of those things. Like I can, I have been not convinced <laughs> of that a thousand times, and then I. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm convinced. I don't know if maybe that's the place, but just the kind of the just the visceral. Uh, action, speed, beauty of that sequence. I just think it's one yeah. of those. You just, if it's done right, you know, it could just be a kind of a stunning. It could you know, be very beautiful. You know, Tarkovsky esque. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> we have to throw those Russians in there no, somewhere. Yeah, it's good. So you know whether it, you know, 
It's not in bit one. Of Jenna I could have Jenna Jameson too. You know. She can be yeah. in it. She, yeah. can be his, yeah. his, she can be driving beside him in the sports car yeah. if whoever wants to be there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's her, you know. She could take the bullet for her. Yeah. <laughs> the bullet from what? <laughs> the tree. That's not a bullet. It's oh. milky, oh, that's milky, right. milky that's stuff. Right. Yeah. It's Jeff sitting over there. I don't think he's convinced either. No. Anyway, but look at that. Look at that. There's our outdoor. We're outside. Yeah, yeah. We're outside there, and that is uh, brutally cold. Brutally cold. Brutally cold. We had other things going on, didn't we? We had at one point we had a guy in a fish hut. Should we give that away? Uh, Well, when it comes up. No, it already already has come up. up. Yeah, yeah. 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 We can get the fish hut man somewhere else. I think maybe. I think that's in that's in three. I think it was too early in one. Well, and that was part of our. Well, we should tell people what that was. In the part where where uh, Grant Mazzy doubles over, he's and in he, his booth still. It's just before this scene where he's. Uh, he, the he reason why he runs stairs. out here is because, uh, and this is really interesting. I, I I quite liked how this worked out because he was supposed to go. What's really happening here? What's really happening here? And he looks down at the floor when he does this. You see him do that. Looks down at the floor. And we had shot a scene where there's a guy in a fish hut that is about eight inches tall between his feet on the floor yeah. who comes out of it and looks up and goes, he says, uh, you got to get somebody over here. We got people with guns. Not fucking shooting at me, man. Take a target. You know, just some kind of guy, right? right. Just uh, freaking out down there. And then Les is obviously blown away because he's hallucinating. And blah, blah, blah. We, we explained it to ourselves one way or another. And right. we do. Yeah. And then... Uh, there you are. Oh, shit, that's me. That was a... Di- we went over... That's uh, uh, Rick Applegate's f- sheep farm right there, just around the corner from where I live. These are all people from Stainer, actually, where I live. And uh, anyway, so yeah, so then and then he comes out and he's reeling from having seen this thing. And we had all of our, you know, we had our meeting of our border guards, right? He said, is this, do, is this, okay, we're not going outside. Where are we going when we go here, right? We're leaving his face and going to Wonderland. Right. <laughs> where are we going? Well, you know, what are that? And so we, we, we opted after a series of arguments about where the border and the frame is that that should not stay right, right. for a bunch of reasons right one of them was it's quite a, it's you, you, probably the more difficult one of the more difficult like stay or go decisions of yeah because but the interesting thing about it is the way Stephen react is reacting and pulling and twisting and tormented in that scene is sort of beautiful without it yeah without knowing yeah well, this is what jeremy the editor was saying he he you know he's, a, he's opinionated and clear and honest and it was one of those things that he was like you know as much as I love the fish hut man doesn't it only I don't think you need it and you know Stephen really liked it Stephen McCaddy loved it and I loved it and but it was just one of those things that was like uh, yeah very on the edge and maybe too soon because it sort of set up these other uh, expectations that well and you know, also yeah set up other expectations and also you stop trusting at a crucial point you stop trusting uh, uh, Stephen McCaddy's character. Right. You stop trusting him right away. Boom, and that's it. I mean, so then after that, you're gonna, you've got a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a circus. It's no longer a story. Right. Which we get to anyway, but we, uh, you've got to find your moment to do that. Yeah. Which is after the tale credits, and you have your sushi gangster hut. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. We don't. We're not even gonna talk about that. No. No, that's very important. Never talk about that. Never talk about gangster sushi hut. No. I don't. Yeah. I never talk about it. I was at a Q&A. Somebody asked me a question about it once. 
What about that gangster hut thing out there? I don't talk about that. I actually got angry. I wasn't really angry, but it, anger was useful to shut him up. Anyway. <clears throat> okay, well, let's get on to... Uh, uh, so anyway, milky trees. <coughs> do you milky think it's you know? trees? You know, you've we did just did eight minutes on the milky trees. I know, but I'm just I'm just, I'm just I'm just saying, uh, mine. You know, may may not be the opening of three, but it, somewhere in there, I think it's it's worth uh, keeping on the plate. I know this is where you're the boss and I'm not. No, I'm not really the boss. Well, I mean, you, I'm just you know like, what? You're the boss because if I was the boss, you know, I don't mind the milky trees. Right. I don't mind. The milk. No, you, oh, I, secretly, I know you love it, but it's just finding. And this is your maturity as a writer, Tony. So oh, here, I'm maturity as a writer. <laughs> okay, here's where we You're got. Going, here's where we got a problem sense. right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, excuse me with the who? <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm really, I'm fine. I'm just cold. I think freaking things are happening out there. <laughs> oh, what? The heck is that? Oh. Excuse me. Okay, so okay, what? so three. So um, that, is that commentary? That's commentary. What oh, we just did? Yeah, that's good. That's okay. kind of classic commentary. Is it? Yeah, people love it. Get They'll probably minute. rewind it. Just How come that, that snow's not melting on his back? It's uh, it's Northern Ontario snow. <laughs> that's why. You know what? I had a car rental, right? That I used to bring to the lottery day, and they used that in a scene with a snow what? thing. The is that scene? No, no, no. I don't know what they used it for, but they covered it in that snow. And then it rained. And when that rain rains on that fake snow, yeah. it turns it into like... Mush. No, it dries up. It's like rock oh, Okay. that is on the car. So I had like this rock-covered glazed rental, car rental, that I don't know who ended up paying for it. I don't even want to know. <laughs> That's, uh -oh. oh, for coming down. Jeff's for, hand yeah, just yeah. went up back yeah, there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So... Uh, so three, so we begin with less. Yes. Right? Yeah. I don't think we're giving away anything by, uh, we don't give away the ending of two. Anyway, so three begins, less is now. He's recovering from, well, he's been found. They have, he's been found on a hillside in uh, Ontario where he's been spent the winter with a herd of afflicted that some have survived and some of that. And they, what they've discovered is that, and now in, th in number three, we have a big picture. Right, we've you a, get the we've, whole. We get, and they got weather reports that are like things like uh, uh, we've got a series of infected nouns that are uh, passing over uh, Sault Ste. Marie over the weekend. Uh, if you just avoid uh, using the words we and you and just pronouns like that, uh, you should be okay. If you do, uh, uh, be sure to yell very loudly for about five minutes and that might, you know, there's this kind of like what the weather reports are all about bad Grammar uh, sweeping through their area or infected right, words right. coming in off Newfoundland. On the official news stations and weather stations. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So the virus has retreated. Uh, uh, retreated and is mutating, but it's not, somehow, it's not as lethal anymore. There's now these th these little hiccups in mutated viruses that are more like a common cold right. type of thing. And the people who had the original, the original um, disease, uh, some of them are recovering. Right. Some of them are Tony, recovering. Tony's phone. Why don't you grab that? Hello? Hello? Yeah, it's, it's me. Holmes, you know what? I'm busy right now. I'm, hey, uh, it's, it's, Holmes. it's Holmes. It's Holmes. Oh, right it's right tell, yeah. tell them what's going on. We're doing on. the uh, DVD commentary right now, so you're on it. Yeah. 
No, I did anyway, but now you're on the let DVD him, let commentary. Him say, let him say hi. Say hi, just a second, say hi. Hi. Okay, <laughs> Okay. say bye. Anyway, so the... Uh, that's cool, that's uh, Holmes got... That's uh, Holmes, yeah, yeah. It's very, very good. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, sorry, yeah, and, and uh, the narration, commentary, setting the stage, you setting know. Setting the stage, so anyway, so uh, Les is amongst some of the surviving people on a hillside... La la la. They have a test that's very interesting. I don't really want to give it away. There's a test that they do to determine. Right, but people are in bad shape. People right? are in bad shape. People are gnawing on. Uh, yeah, arms and, 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 and then immediately the sort of the aesthetic is completely. Thank you, Dr. Mendez. We are now going to. Again, here we go to sort of its unique on its own terms and not entirely explicable. Or, or, right, well, but so he's rounded real, up by the military uh, soldiers, right? Yeah, and, and, and they, they're, they, they put them in. Because there's a shortage of things, and it's all sort of catch as catch can. What they've got in this particular group is S and M uh, ball uh, gags to prevent them from talking. So you've got a busload of of these kind of sweaty, bloody freaks in the back of a van, <laughs> bouncing around in the potholes, right, with S and M ball gags on their mouths. Right. That they are then taken to a a uh, local school, which has been refit or repurposed, like a public school, a public school has been repurposed as a right? kind of holding place. So they're right. on a grid. They're on a, on a in a gymnasium. Are assigned. A, it's a city. It becomes. It's it replicate. It's it's. There's streets of mats right. that people live on, and they and they live on with their ball gag, and they lay on their sides, and and the place is sort of this militarized, weird militarized gym. Uh, with hot, sexy nurses in stilettos that walk around. Why? Yeah. What? It's a movie. Yeah. yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, we go from there and, and follow Les through his. So he's, really, he's been brought there because the idea is to society or the, 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 the rule, you know, there's people money. running things. There's a like clockwork orange sort of moment here. Right. Where, it's like yeah. rehabilitation time. Rehabilitation right? time. So you know, there's a whole host of things here. So like zombie rehab. So we're in the gym. And we got the sexy nurse. Uh, what are we calling her? Just the nurse? I think so. It's funny. I can't remember. Uh, we had a we had a name for her. Helen. No, that's no. Uh, yeah, Mary. No, no, Mary. <laughs> There's like there are a few characters that have come and gone in this. Anyway, so he's rehabilitated, and he uh, is the nurse who becomes his foil, I guess, in this movie. Right. His her job is to. Uh, Put him put less through a series of tests to determine if he can speak properly, if he was able to kind of rejoin society, uh, and if he is uh, clear of the virus or is he in fact uh, still dangerous. Mm -hmm. And certain people make it, certain people don't make mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and, and the whole thing is a retraining people to use. Denotative language, right? And these tests are kind of actually, you know, in all the three movies, I've always found this, these, some of these scenes in this that are the most suspenseful, some of the weirdly suspenseful, yeah, yeah, and yeah. frightening, yeah. Because well, and and the other odd thing too that's uh, this the world has changed because the virus in its mutation has actually leapt and altered some things in you know. The real grid, the real world grid, right. Right? And, and maybe explain what the, say what's changed for the nurse. What well, the nurse is now left-handed and was right-handed before. So some of these things are small, little small things, and some of them are large. And you never. This is actually returning the sort of principles of the first one, in that you don't, you don't, you're with less, and so you don't know how much is altered 
You don't know so if, a bit you don't know if, which is the title, you don't know if everything is altered. And, and as it turns out, everything is. You what, find what, that out at the end. What, what, thing, what kind of things have been altered? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think dogs disappeared. And in fact, the word dog is no longer accessible to people. Right. And there's other sorts of, you know, things that are just some small, like I said, the light ha left hand to right hand. Right. There's a bizarre hypersexualizing of things that's just sort of going on and, 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 so, and very sort of, this is the S&M stuff that pops in in the oh, beginning just as a kind of, an, 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 in an inexplicable way, but right. later on becomes this kind of nightmare, erotic nightmare that sort of bubbles up in the hospital at night. Right. These weird things that go on. <clears throat> and then by the end you realize, or he, he, he realizes, because he, he runs into Helen at the hospital. Right. Right. And Helen, and who Hel was in the was, was in the first movie, was Helen Roseland from the first movie, married to Bob Roseland. Yes. They had their Postman Rings Twice thing, and yeah. he and she went through a lot of lot of action and blood and thing yeah. in the second movie. So here, so he finds that she's one of the other inmates in the uh, in the rehab. Yeah, yeah, and and they they make a connection, or so he thinks they make this connection. I don't want to. I'm not comfortable giving away too much, so here. No, no, because I, yeah, that's enough to sort of set it up, I guess, right? You give people a spoiler! Right. Spoiler! You know, you don't want to do that. But anyway, he discovers, yeah, and confronts in this rather beautiful, painful, and uh, completely uh, nihilistic way everything that has changed. Do you remember the end there with the, who she really is? Oh, right, right, yeah, right, 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 when he... When he <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at, there he is! Yeah, hold on. Oh, yeah, okay. What? It's very weird. So, so uh, not what? Do you think we did a good job, sort of explaining the no, but fun to come? I don't think you could. I don't think you can because a lot of it is. I mean, if somebody explained this, yeah, you know, I don't know if you can. But uh, yeah, uh, the thing of it is, 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 is it's. I think two and three are are more perverse than one is. Mm -hmm. They're clearly more sort of satisfying on just the sort of level of genre checklist things, right? In that, you know, if you really needed to see uh, people ripped apart, by gum, we got it for you, right? <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> while staying true to uh, the sort of stories of them, I don't want to give too much away of the stories. It's not right. like, you know, I think p pitching a story to a potential investor or whatever is different than pitching a story to or talking about a story to uh, people who might want to see it. Yeah, I don't think we gave anything away. Sort of. No. Oh, oh. There's lots there. Yeah, yeah. Yet to be discovered. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And do you think? Uh, yeah, well, there was some talk like would uh, Sidney Breyer and Steve Mc and uh, Grant Massey would they oh, return in? Yeah, three? they could be in three. They, I've written some little moments for them, uh, and possibly bigger or smaller, because, yeah, they. Uh, uh, do they survive uh, one? I don't, I think probably. Maybe, but probably not. This is where we're at with this. <laughs> well, uh, Bob Rosen didn't survive, right? In, uh... Uh, Bob Rosen? Or, Bob it, no, who's, I'm Bob Roseland. That's Bob Roseland. No, he's Andy. Oh, really? <laughs> remember, remember he meets Andy, I think? He, he said, no, he's he meet in the hallway. He meets Bob Roseland. In the hallway, Ma with carrying him up in the hospital, and, but he, and he goes up and he goes, Andy. and he thinks he's Andy. Yeah, yeah and he yeah. goes, Les goes up to him and says, Bob, Bob Rosen, and he says, Do you know Bob Rosen? <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you were Bob Rosen. So anyway, yeah.
But uh, uh, Grant and uh, Sydney do appear in um, uh, number three. I think the exact terms of that we haven't quite figured out yet. But okay, well, just before we leave two and three, uh, uh, give us a little bit of the hospital ambience. So when our, our boy Les is uh, mopping up on one of his duties in the in, in Pony Pool three. What does he hear on the loudspeakers in this oh, in the public school? It's constantly being sort of pumped in all the way through. It's this background kind of noise. I mean, it, it reminds a little bit of THX whatever, whatever, right? Yeah. These other kind of classic sci-fi yeah. uh, dystopia institution films, right? Yeah, like in 1984 <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's quite different. And it's this kind of soft, soft institutional voice that says things like, and I don't have the script for this, I don't remember, things like... Uh, uh, your mother is your father's wife. A house is where you live, and a house is on a street. And it's just this kind of m mantra of very obvious d denotative statements, right. Right? sort of training a person to not uh, to to be able to say things. Right? And so there's this constant wave of it's almost like the music in the place, right? Which yeah. is, you know. Water is, is, water can be described as wet. You would not describe water as dry because you'd be talking about land. Or, you know, there's this kind of like, uh, sound like riddles, but they're you know, very obvious kind of things. Um, <coughs> uh, which is nice. I mean, it goes back to the sort of obits, right? The way right. you read the obits, that sort yeah. of, uh, there's an elegiac feeling that this is the world lost, and we're trying to regain it by stating that the world is not lost. Um, uh, <laughs> and, and one of the sort of big words, the, the word that actually is what this is about, is about home, about, home, about going home. Because where are you going to go when, when you've re been rehabilitated? Presumably home, which Les doesn't have, but they give him anyway, uh, which turns out to be... Uh, a corrupt denotation or a dangerous denotation or a lie or something. Right. Blah, blah, blah. What? What? <laughs> what is... Whoa! You know, she was freaked out, that poor girl. Georgina? Well, at the model of her that laid around on the floor for days. Well, it was covered in blood. Strange, right? Yeah, that'd be pretty weird because it looked exactly like her. Yeah. Stop for the best part of the film now. Oh my god. <laughs> Look at her. What the oh the card she gave me. <laughs> it was funny because you know what? We had to like oh I just gotta I I gotta see this. Oh milky trees. Eat your heart out. <laughs> What's he even thinking now? There goes come on! dialogue to get out there. There we go. And then it's gonna keep it real, girl. Keep it real. Oh. Oh my. Oh yeah. What are you gonna do? But, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, we're on set, we had this like, we had, what's she doing? She pukes, eh? 
<laughs> we, we had this. Whoa, look at the face on him now. Holy crap. But we had this, uh, <laughs> it, it, this thing on set, and we had to talk about this. We talked about this early, in the middle, late, and da-da-da, all the way through. And it was a very serious thing for us. This is a scary movie, not a funny movie. Yeah. And the thing of that is, I mean, what's that? What are you doing when you're making really what is a, what is a comedy, really, in some ways? You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, what are you doing when, you di when you're saying that? What are you trying to do when you say, we told everybody on the set, all of the actors, everybody. Put it on the call sheet. Put it on the call sheet. This is scary, not funny. Do not try to make us laugh. Then it becomes funnier. It becomes funnier. Yeah. And, and also, you, you, great, you create that kind of great B-movie atmosphere that's almost lost now because... People uh, are so aware. And people so are so aware and films are so aware and there's so much irony and so much kind of deliberate parody. But you've got to play it for keeps if you want to really, really resurrect that great B movie atmosphere. Yeah, it's got to be played for keeps. You know, even even the most ridiculous thing you're, especially the most ridiculous things you're doing. And it was funny because we were watching on a monitor, me and you, because we were like the we were like the we were with we were the military about laughing. Right. It's not funny. Yeah. You know, don't play it. For, keep no laughing. And then you and I are sitting there watching the monitor, and it was some, I don't know what it was, and then. Something was going on, and then I went, I just sort of started cracking up, and then you lost your shit right there, right? You were just like cracking up, and I'm laughing, I'm, and then people were looking around going, what's, you know, and I had to I had to run out of the room, and then somebody, I can't remember who it was, came after me and says, what's wrong, man, what's wrong? I said, I thought this was supposed to be scary, because I think it was a particularly scary moment. Right. How can we laugh? <laughs> I felt like kind of, I felt kind of awful about that. Yeah. But yeah, we want we you play it for keeps. Maybe we should have told Rex read that. Should have told Rex read that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's the thing is you don't you don't I, I I think that's how you get access to the other dimensions, you know, other than just you know, it wasn't these weren't jokes clearly. Yeah. They were uh, um the ridiculousness of it. You want some people to get that and some people. Not to you want you know you want to create kind of a m mysterious dimensions to it enigmas right. in there somehow yeah. and the, the best way to do that is play uh, everybody at the top of their realism yeah yeah, yeah. Sydney Briars alive <laughs> holy shit. The most like what five cent shot you could possibly ask for, right? The speaker on the, the speaker on the wall. The speaker on the wall. Remember hours of like can't show the speaker on the wall. Can't show the speaker. <laughs> no, we can't show the speaker on the wall because then it means it's happening. Yeah, that's the big. It's happening, you know. So you want it. We want you know how how sealed off do you want the something kind of interesting and something I'm aware of doing it and something that's always I'm always using in my fiction too. Is the idea of the, the spirit of this idea, which is that it is absolutely, without question, what is happening now. 
and it may not necessarily be so. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> it is absolutely and without question what is happening now. What is? What is happening now? <laughs> what is happening now is without question what is happening now. Okay. And it may not necessarily be so. Right. And trying to find the spirit of that, which is, right. I think, you know, what, what we, all of the sort of checks and balances running along this. Right. You know, if we had it's too much, it is not necessarily so, then it clearly, you know what I mean? Right, uh, because so, you could interpret this as like, this is about a guy going so nuts then, and killing what everybody. In a, at so work, then what right? do we do? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then what do you do into us? And we had that discussion too. It's like, and in fact, we even had scripts, right, where it was like, is this all in Les's head? Or in this case, it would be Grant's head. And is that such a bad thing? Right. Does your audience go, oh, really? You know, it's the Jacob's Ladder conundrum, right? Which is like the first half of that film is so uh, just terrifying. And it may be in his head. But you, you kind of, you're looking through portals that, that this is, you know, mm -hmm. that this, it's not. Mm -hmm. You have evidence. You have little bits of evidence. <laughs> and then once we get break into the kind of explanation period, uh, it just is reduced to not, nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It's not. It's nowhere near as frightening or yeah. It's always the most dis disappointing parts in it's a horror movies right? and sci-fi movies when it's like the big yeah. You kind of look forward to the explanation, but then you're like, oh, is that all? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, and and we catch some. We've caught some grief for our uh, our run at it, but the. Uh, uh, and you know you don't want to you don't want to really <coughs> uh, bail out of it, calling it parody or satire too easily, even though there is that. No, there's a hunger and appetite for closure and explanation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. explanation might be yeah wrong or well, and also I mean or, one of the things we always sort of were th thinking was that the explanation as it comes as they grab they grab it is never really reliable, right? And uh, they become less reliable as characters as we, we as we get towards the end, and the film gets less reliable. Uh, you know, and, and we were we were aware of that, but also trying to keep. <laughs> Whoa! Dude, I'm gonna ping. That's always good, huh? Oh yeah, that worked out well. Yeah, not bad. There he is. Smiling. <laughs> in the morning. Rex Reed probably enjoyed that part a lot. Oh, I think so, yeah. yeah. That was the only thing that worked. <laughs> the only thing that worked for him. Everything else was what the yeah. And I remember when uh, we, we were shooting and you introduced me to uh, Hannah Fleming, who plays the deer Farage, yeah. who uh, they have to kick her to death there on the floor. And she's the sweetest uh, little 14 or 15-year-old girl you'd ever want to meet. Yeah. Uh, you know, sort of shy, smiling, beautiful, and and uh, lovely young lady. Yeah. And I'm introduced to her, and I've never had the experience in my life of of this, uh, and realized the moment I met her that we were going to kick this poor girl to death. And I remember thinking, 
somebody has to pay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you, like, you write these things or you put these things in there and you're like, no, nah, that's because it belongs in there. That's the way things work in film. You know, you got to get that thing. That we, need, we need the death and we need the time that's going to work for that. And you kind of meet it in the situation. You go, whoa, hang on a second. This is more significant and more awful, po possibly more awful than you're making it out to be. Yeah. And so then we came, do you remember this? And, and then we, that's when we sort of came up with Sydney's, uh, Sydney's just spirals into that right. sort of she, drinking. She carries that, well, she carries well, that she regret, carries right? That moment, that moment yeah. she paid, you know, and she writes her, her great regret on the wall. Yeah. And because this is her, you know, yeah. being uh, dragged to hell. Yeah, which is nice is have, to have a consequence because, you know, something as simple as kicking some little kid to death, it's kind of nasty business. Well, yeah. And you don't show a lot. In fact, we show nothing. We right? show nothing. But, but still, yeah. yeah. And you have to sort of, yeah, you, she is a, uh, you want to keep these people Yeah, it's real. like that old thing, you know, you can blow people's heads off and chew their arms off, and, you know, but you, you know, you kick a puppy or something and yeah. you're going to have everybody... Yeah, crying and screaming. But people, you know, people say, "Oh, these guys—they shot this movie in like five seconds, five right? seconds with the budget of whatever, whatever." So that must have been awful. And how can you do things like that? But we were actually able to sort of, uh, because we were doing it in sequence. Da da da. It was, you know, we were able to change sort of. That's a, a good example, right? right? We yeah. got there and realized, no, the the size of this has to be different. Yeah. The size of her reaction has to be different. And yeah. the, the way that it manifests itself has to be. Yeah, and that was Lisa's contribution. I yeah. mean, they really kind of thought through. And, yeah, probably the advantage of shooting in sequence, we could carry things over, Yeah, build on it rather than... Yeah, you felt what you felt was happening in that scene, yeah. you could answer it later on. Yeah. And, uh, you, know, you know, whether you make the right choices or not, you don't know. But, and there's a... What? The heck? He's out of there. He's out of there. Huh? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> bonk, bonk, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Holy jeez. They enjoyed themselves, Stephen and Lisa. Ah, uh, they had a great time. And they were fantastic. And so aunt, smart. You know? They were so smart. And yeah. they, you know, we did, we had a number of, you know, it wasn't lengthy, but we had a number of really key meetings with them uh, over their place and up in my place at Stainer. And, down uh, in Toronto, where we just sort of went over story. They contributed lots of sort of stuff. Yeah, around. I think uh, they came up with the whole idea of of Mendes being sick, right? Or no? Didn't they? Uh, like a reason? There was yeah, a whole I big thing of why do we leave? Why do they leave the uh, yes, yes, the booth. A fear of yeah, and that yeah. kind of suspicion. So I thought that yeah. played really well. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Okay, and this is nice. I like finally getting to look at something. <laughs> to trip. Run Mrs. Out of stuff trip. To say. Mrs. Trip. Mrs. Trip. Yeah, she was a character early on. Yeah. Like, oh, look at that poor guy. <laughs> That's awful. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> I think you finish off like that. Oh, yeah, I'm, you know. Huh? Now, you see, and this too, I mean, the whole sort of. Uh, you know, you you hope your audience is with you, right? When the, you get to a place like this, which is you're 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 fairly remote in a remote place compared to where you've started, like psychologically and and tone wise and logic wise and character logic. Like you you've gone to a remote place, and you hope you've brought them there. Um, but we were playing we we were playing this as sort of 
uh, you had to play this as something that would, was really happening. That he, uh, the word kill, infects her. And then uh, his discovery, or him, him coming logically through steps, to mm-hmm. to th- uh, believe that whether that's yeah, tr- I mean that's, whether that's true or not right but that's classic in the kind of B movie thing totally, right? it's like totally, okay totally. the the virus is hit yeah. and blah 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 and the, they discover the cure uh, yeah, the, the, yeah the critical had, junction had or the accident yeah. and the yeah. test tube falls over and that's it's right. like oh my god yeah and you know and and films like I just I've always loved the kind of bizarre compressed it's re- it, uh, trying to figure out what's in front of you logic of something like phantasm or or you know the great classic B movies from the uh, from the eighties, the whole VHS revolution about films from there, where you know, uh, the logic is has true to a kind of true to some extent or or followable to some extent, but it, it's it's more Louis Bunuel than uh, uh, Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those sorts of films. And he's so you know they're both fantastic at. At taking you there, mm-hmm. you know, and because uh, it's a it's a reach exceeding your grasp kind of scenario as far as the leap that they're getting us to. To, and it's madness. Mm-hmm. And a romance. And a romance. It's kind of a romantic movie. It's madness. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Nigel God. Healing, yes. Nigel Healing. What did she do to her hand? Oh, yeah, at one point we had, like, yeah, she was turning into a well, flag. Well, this thing, from this scene to the <coughs> end, we shot that in a day, right? I mean, yeah. I think from, uh, God, or more. That was, like, the last day of shooting. It was just like, holy God. We had no more days after that to shoot. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when uh, <coughs> uh, oh, and you the, sent me off to do the. You sent me off to resurrect sushi bar, on a Friday afternoon. Right. I uh, scrambled and wrote it, sent it out to the uh, various people who were wondering what the hell we were going to do with that at the end, and then I disappeared to Niagara Falls with my kids, and I get home Sunday night, and there's like all these emails and phone messages. What the fuck are you trying to do to this production? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Call us right now. <laughs> it's too late, man. <laughs> but it all found its good spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I must say it's a treat to have, you know, people like McCaddy and, and Lisa. McCaddy and Lisa are just and, fantastic, yeah. And, and her aunt just <laughs> and the stepping chemistry, up, right? The chemistry I mean, between these two is amazing because, uh, you know, he is a force of nature. And, and in this, I mean, he's really grabbing the corners of the, of the sky to pull this performance up off the ground. And, and if you had somebody, another actor, let's say, you know, whoever, uh, across from him there, uh, she would either she had two choices. One would be to just roll back on her heels and 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 duck, right? You know what I mean? Or to come at him and try to compete, yeah, with that thing he's doing. But because Lisa and Steve uh, know each other, yeah, 
and they've, they've worked together before, and there's a comfort there. Right? And the, and there's she knows how to sort of du uh, duck and manipulate, and seem to be one step ahead of, or what you know what I mean, moving around the animal, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that doesn't that uh, is chemically good. Oh dear, uh, Jeremy just. Uh, we're pointed here. Jeremy uh, teared up when he saw this first time. Yeah? Oh, yeah. That's nice. Teared right up. <laughs> it is kind of a classic. It's, it's a good screen kiss, I think. It's oh, yeah. It's one, one of the classics. Yeah. Maybe not one of the classics, but, kill you know. Kiss, kill his kiss, kill it's, his it's, kiss. Yeah. it's a surprise. I think of the, the job movie. he has to do right. here, old Steve McCaddy, how the job, what he's got to sell in this scene is Well, both of them, you know. Yeah, her too, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's impossible. And and they, they they include that the impossibility of it they include yeah. it in the performance so that's yeah, well I think you know involving them from the early stage was such a great thing and just becomes yeah. their movie as well as yeah. as our movie yeah you know? yeah yeah and if it could ah oh God if it could always work that way it'd be great right yeah you know you meet three days before you go and yeah boom yeah yeah there was a more great. Uh, <laughs> be outside with the crew, hanging out, the craft, little craft truck there, and everybody be uh, craft truck. There was like craft, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Stephen McCaddy come rolling around the corner with his cowboy boots on and his hat, and they have that walk, and everybody just sort of like step, put their backs to the wall and let him by. <laughs> like, you know, he's intimidating looking and just so like you know because he's he's actually a really smart, friendly guy. But when he puts it on, man, he can put it on. Well, the crew is like theater for the crew, you know, that every day they could watch it and see it. And, and, and they were won over very quickly, I think, and just impressed, I think, with the, you know, the level of their commitment, of the actor's commitment, and the fact that they were so kind of on it. Yeah. You know, and everybody from, you know, Fergie, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Who was our, you know, key grip and yeah. other people that were just on the periphery. Yeah, it was We're a gang. Kinda, it was a gang. You know, you know? And I think that you know, the actors—it's hard to know for sure—but the actors must feel that energy of the crew, kind of leaning into it, being a part of it, and not just yeah, you know, kind of believing in it, believing it into yeah. being yeah. somehow. Yeah, and yeah. that mysterious, strange energy must—I don't know—do hopefully, or it kind yeah. of comes onto the screen, you know, or it. Uh, yeah, no, everybody was having fun. There's no doubt about it. Everybody was having fun. It was very entertaining. And there's some crazy, like, just crazy, unbelievable shit going on there. <laughs> you know, it's just wild. Here we go. You can't, Grant. You can't. So we snuck in the shut up or die line here. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh... How could Rex Reed not love this film? Uh... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was his job not to like the film, and I think he didn't like that job. But you know, I mean. Uh, we're asking our audience to uh, to be somewhere, you know, you know that's not a familiar place. No. And so it's, you know, it's not. Uh, it's not uh, uh, it's not a, it's not it's not accessible it's not accessible for some people yeah it's it, 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 well it requires uh, 
a, an imagination, but it also requires a kind of suspension of disbelief that's not common. And it's a kind of guy. Like I always, I always picture things, books too, and and films. Your best experience is when you're there alone, and you know what I mean. And and this is somehow outside of a group of people, and everybody's talking it down. It disappears. But if you're by yourself and you just happen to be laying on the couch right now and you just watch this movie and you know maybe you got a bit of a cold or something and the sign you tabs kicking so in, <laughs> you're like, oh, Whoa. too much cough syrup or something. Yeah. And, you know, you're just like it gets you there. I, I, I'd, I'd be jealous of that person. Yeah, that'd be a great man. That'd be great. That's what you should do: is throw everybody out of the house, stock up on some sign you tab, <laughs> watch your movie. This uh, rant he has at the end. Okay, can't be that. But I've we had uh, Wagner. Remember we Blair and Wagner yeah. was uh, from Tristan and Isolde. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, that's what constructs this mood here. That was also this is the end of the last ten or fifty minutes. Is uh, for me is uh, the end of. Uh, Dr. Faustus, that last speech in the Marlowe play. Yeah. It's a pretentious reference, but for me as a writer, that was one. Yeah. The, just the idea of <clears> somebody <throat> trying to. What's Dr. Faustus doing? He's trying to recast the, uh, recast the world it, it, by describing it differently. Huh. Re, you know, change the, the dimensions of heaven and hell and the way it can access him by. by and it's, it's just an example of, of a siege in a speech. Uh, of real danger in, in the words and and having the words chasing you and hunting you, which was sort of one of the things yeah. we were always trying to sort of that. <laughs> and in the radio version of this, the CBC version of this is different. The ending is different. Right. And it's much more literally him having to sort of hold certain words at bay by saying them differently or by pushing them away or by trying to figure out how they're trying to access him. Mm -hmm. And this, but this, she gets this, and they both get this really quite wonderfully. The sense of absurd doom, uh, that sort of uh, elegy, and sort of uh, she, she gets the the rising feeling, almost kind of she's euphoric in the end. Eh? That that look of kind of of uh, happy misery or euphoric misery. Just listen to me. I said, listen to me. I think everyone's dead. You're just killing scared people. It's what you always do. So we hope people enjoyed the movie, don't we, Bruce? Yeah. Really? Well, yeah, I mean, if they're watching it for the second time with us talking, oh, they got uh, yeah, so. they got to be at least curious about it. <coughs> but I'm quite proud of it. I'm proud of it. Yeah, I'm very proud of it. Yeah. It's beautiful, too. It looks beautiful. It does look beautiful. And it, uh, it's kind of, I like, you know, the fact that we just kind of hang back and we let the story and the actors do it, you know, that there's a kind of a, I don't know, the design and the photography and the lighting and the direction, it's kind of, we didn't have to do a lot, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we did a lot, but we didn't, 
yeah. need to announce well, a ourselves. Lot, not a lot of things you know? were going wrong. I mean, with that, you know. Yeah, it was, it was more like going back to like a 1940s style where you, yeah. you did put the story up front and the characters up front. Yeah. It wasn't and you trusted them and they trusted yeah. you. And yeah. they, 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 you know, they, they, uh, they, sh they, pay, they paid you back for that. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes yeah their movie rather than a yeah whatever yeah swank around. See, look at that beautiful face there. It's fantastic. Hope this becomes a good Valentine's Day renter. You know? Be nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Rex is watching it right now. <laughs> hey Rex, what's up, baby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're working on the Judy Garland uh, biopic uh, next, right, Tones? Yeah. 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 After the two and three. So we're coming to the end of our little visit. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for listening and thank you for watching. Thank you for renting or stealing or whatever you did. Yeah, or watching. No, they wouldn't be watching On Demand, would they? No, not likely. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we appreciate that. We eh? appreciate people checking it out and yeah. listening to this. And oh, absolutely. We're trying to, you know, it's always a little uh, awkward doing these commentaries but you know I think maybe the opportunity to kind of introduce people to the idea that this is a part of a trilogy if we're lucky enough yeah. to uh, finish the project in a way this is kind of the as we said a million times like the entree yeah so you calling card for the yeah for the real deal and we salute all the all our hats off there. to you hats off to you well done yeah well done well done well done and uh, Boyd Banks. You know, there's that scene in that scene where Boyd Banks goes as Osama bin Laden. He did that on the thing, right? He may he just did that ad lib that in the scene, right? It wasn't. And I'm standing beside him, and in you see it in the film. I look up at him, and my eyebrows go up. Yeah, that's because I didn't know what the fuck he did that for. And it's actually caught on the thing, right? And that's the jihad, the jihad thing, right? And then when actually at the end of that scene, when you said cut, I turned to him and I said, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> so some of that kind of like is real actually I was kidding that's good you were in character I was in character yeah well you were on the cover of that literary magazine you and uh, and Stefan Brogan as the jihad dudes what was that oh no that, that was uh, uh, Snake from Degrassi right. protects me from jihad right Yeah. he's embracing you or something he's, right? he's protecting me while I look to the threatening skies right yeah, kind of a touching I mean, child or something. Right. <laughs> it's a touching uh, image. It is, yeah. It's very moving. And it's Snake from Degrassi, so you know it's... You've really... You've probably called a few people up and they've said no, and, but Snake said yes. So what does that tell you about him? Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a match. So Snake from Degrassi. Well, he's a director now. He's directing stuff. Is it? Yeah. yeah. He made a... They made a zombie Degrassi something that was very popular. Really? Yeah, it's great. So he's like writing and directing stuff, and we'll get him to do some second unit for Bonnie uh, too. Totes, huh? Totes. Hey, Stefan, if you're out there, man. Yeah, just call. And anybody else we should sh do a shout out to? Uh, yeah, bring lots of money. Yeah, <laughs> so we can make a movie. I want to make an awesome movie. Yeah, and I'm kidding. Awesome. Best movie, I guarantee you, you bring your money, we'll make you the best movie that's been made ever <laughs> that year. <laughs> We're blowing heads off. 
right? <laughs> yeah. we got, and we got some sick shit, too, to just satisfy. Because people, you know what I mean? It's like, here you go. Oh, it's so refreshing, this restrained Pontypool with its bookish, artsy ways. But really, little do they know. <laughs> yeah. We just want to, we got some, we've written some very, very, very bad stuff that's not, not ready. Yeah, Let's milky trees. Yeah. No, that's not the milk. It's Okay, here. You know what? You go out half an hour without much. Oh, well. Okay, we should just let these no. guys go out. Huh? Yeah, hey? yeah. Bye-bye, guys. Okay, bye. What's that all about? Anyway. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Who do you think you are? But you know what? It's styling, though. It's not a good yeah. Whew.